I want to encourage you, um, you heard me mention it a little bit. We're in the fifth week of a series called Seek, and we wrote these books as a staff. We said, hey, we don't want to just write resolutions. We want to like really put it on paper. You know, Habakkuk says, write the vision on a tablet, make it clear so that those who read it may run with it. You know, it's something that you look back at and make a big part of your life. And so this book is free to you. We encourage you to get it on your way out. There's six um, segments in it, you know, family, career, uh, your spiritual walk. There's these different categories. And then in there, you can write goals and action steps. And it's something that you can invite God to help you accomplish this year. You know, we just don't want to write resolutions. Like we want to write some dreams with God that he'll partner with you on. And so uh, this book, we've talked in detail. You can look up our sermons the last few weeks um, about what we believe and what God's been saying. And we've been talking a lot specifically about vision and having a vision and having a goal. And um, there's a lot of great stuff in that. And, and we believe in that. Um, but I, God, I had a sermon for today. And really last night and into this morning, I wrote this sermon. Uh, God was just really challenging me on the idea of really to execute something, uh, you have to have your mind made up, right? A lot of times we step into things and it's like a good idea or we think it sounds nice, but you have to have a mind made up to be able to see something through, right? Uh, how many have ever heard somebody say who, you know, that's acting crazy or they're going way off course and this thing, and you, someone would say about somebody, man, they're just, they're just uh, he's out of his mind, Meaning he's just got off of the way that his values are, the way that he thinks. Man, they're just out of their mind. They've got out of their mind. Why? Because like when we set our course on something, it really directs the way that we live. And so I think the, the, the right way to seal this series is for us to have an understanding of the power of the made-up mind. That, that the scripture says a lot about the way that we think and how we control our thoughts and how we even allow things to filter through our thinking. And so I think it's important for us as we end this to say, hey, God, we wrote dreams and we wrote plans and we made visions. And we did all this, but now help us have a made up mind about executing these. Are you with me? Philippians 4.8 says this, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are righteous, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if any of this is praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate, the word here is like when a cow chews cud, chewed up some grass and continues to just chew it and chew it, turn it over, turn it over is one of the translations. So literally it's saying you in your life need to spend your energy Finding what's positive, what's worthy of thinking about, all of these things that we just read. It's saying find those things in life and spend your time and energy working on and thinking on those things. Are you with me? Because it's possible, especially in the culture that we live in, that what we can end up doing is looking at the negative or hearing the negative, and we spend all our time meditating on what's the worst. And you can't have a negative mindset, you can't have a negative life and have a positive outcome. You can't have all this negativity and expect a positive result. Amen? And so too many of us sit at the table of negativity and expect a positive result, and that's not how it works. God's saying, if you want to have fruit, if you want to have joy, if you want to see all, you need to be a people who meditate, who focus on things that you can be positive about. Now, I'll pause here and say, that doesn't mean we live blind, bury our head in the sand and just ignore anything that is needs our attention. But what I'm saying is you can't let yourself feed only on the negative negativity, right? We have to we have to build ourselves up. And so we have to have a made up mind. It's important for us to have the mind of Christ on things. It's important for us to view things and and discern things and the scripture says, I think I shared last week, 
that the Bible, the word of God is like a two-edged sword and it helps us divide what is right and wrong. It helps us navigate, well, what is the word of God? It's God's thinking, it's his will, it's his way, it's, it's his mind toward how we should live. Are you with me? So Romans 12, 2, it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. This warning exists in scripture because guess what, you had, what, guess what you're capable of doing? Guess what is possible for us to do as humans? It's possible for us to be conformed to this world. It's saying, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So don't let yourself get transformed, yet renew your mind in the things of God so that you, the evidence of the perfect will of God will come through you. Does that make sense? Stay in it. Don't be conformed. Don't let it change you. Don't let it make you into somebody that you're not. Renew your mind. Stay pure. Stay in it. Stay in it. Why? Because if you live that way, then the perfect will of God will eventually find its way through you. The light, all the love, right? You with me? So it's important that we keep our minds right when we're navigating through all this. Paul said, let the same mind that was in Christ be in you. I thought about it like this. We see what we're prepared to see. You in your life see what you've prepared yourself to see. Two people can go into the same experience and see different things. Uh, when we were house shopping, my wife likes old, historic, antique, crappy houses. <laughs> and so we're on different, you know, and I'm a guy, and so I want, you know, the window's got to be good, the roof's got to be good, the, you know, everything's got to be like in order, because that's actually how you purchase a house wisely. Um, and so, um, we would go, we go into this one house over here in Zealand and we go in and I mean, I'm a minute into it and the windows are terrible. The roof is terrible. The siding is terrible. The driveway, everything's terrible. It was one of those, we literally could have walked out the minute we walked in, but we're going through the whole house and I'm just like, oh no, she's falling for it. You know, like I can't because it's got in the corner molding and it's got like these old floors that are falling apart and crooked and noisy and you know, all this stuff. She has a beautiful decorating mind. I mean, you all know that about her. Um, I just am more structural, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. So we leave. We get out in the driveway. We get out to the car, right? And I'm like, so, so what do you say? She, I love it. And at the same time, I'm like, what a dump. <laughs> I'm like, what? And she's like head over heels. And I'm like, I would burn it down before we, you know. But what happens is we went into that with two different mindsets. Our minds were made up differently. Why? Because we see what we're prepared to see. I went in to look at something different. She went in to look at something different. And that happens in our life. We can walk into environments. Some people will look at a piece of art and call a piece of art amazing because of this piece in the art. Oh my gosh, can you believe that the artist did it like that? And then the other person will look at it and say, oh, but they did this over here. It's amazing. And it's because we're prepared to see what we're prepared to see. Same thing like people walk into a facility or people will go through nature and they'll look at all these different things. Why? What we see, we see what we're prepared to see. So when we walk through life, we need to have the mind of Christ, the thoughts of God. That way we can see things the way he sees them. Uh, everybody talks about, oh, it's the glass half full, half empty, but there's so much truth in that. If we have the mind of Christ towards things, we can navigate through them in the way that he would see them. Uh, I was on a flight back from a ministry trip with Nate Marialki. Many of you know him. And um, we're in this thing. And <laughs> we were landing in Chicago. And uh, I've been on a bunch of flights. And you know what it feels like to land. You know, you're coming down. And 
you're going to land. But all of a sudden, crazy abrupt, like nothing I've ever had, uh, we just shot back up in the air into an ascent. And what had happened, the pilot got on and said, uh, the plane that was supposed to take off on the tarmac in front of us didn't make its takeoff. So then was still on the track in front of us. But he said, hey, sorry for the blah, blah, blah. He said, but we're prepared. Uh, we've been trained and, and we're equipped and we think through, you know, things like that. And so essentially his eye and his mind was trained for a situation. He saw it before it even happened. Why? Because his thinking was there as he came in. If our mind was set on the things of God, if we were prepared in our thinking towards things in life, when we go to encounter something, you'll be ready to react properly. Are you with me? But too many of us let our thought patterns and our thinking and our stuff be dictated by culture or our family or what we heard or the way we were raised instead of saying, God, what's your will for the way that I should think? The old saying that says, what you see is what you get. And I believe that to be true. The way we let ourselves see situations is the way that you get them and you encounter them. We need the eyes and the mind of Christ. When we walk through life, we need to ask God. So what is your mind set on? Is it how bad the world is? Is that what your mind goes to every day? Is, is how bad the world has become or how unqualified you are? Do you spend most of your day thinking about how you're not good enough, how you'll never be good enough? You know, our family wasn't good enough. I wasn't raised right enough. Do you, or are you asking God what his thoughts are toward you? Do we think things like, well, it's always been this way, so it's always gonna be this way. There's no way out of this. Or do we have the mind of Christ when it comes to our life? Consuming negativity is never going to produce your positive life. Your attitude is an outward expression of an inward feeling or a made-up mind. You live out what you allow on the inside. you got to get God's word and what he thinks and what he says on the inside of you. I thought about it like this. Everything we accomplish is determined by what we think and what we see. Most of what we accomplish, everything we accomplish, everything we live out runs through a filter of what you've seen or how you've processed it or what you've thought about. Uh, you could think about it. Uh, you've, somebody, you've, you've had somebody in your life where you've said this about them. Hey, there was just no stopping them because his mind was just made up or her mind was just made up. We've said that about somebody. There was just nothing we can do about it because their mind was made up. What are we saying? We're saying, hey, they're going to accomplish it. It's going to happen because their mind was made up about it. We need that about the way we live with God. I wish that our communities and the world could see a church or a people or a people of God that say, hey, there's just no stopping them. They just love people so much. They just give so much. They got the love of God in them so much. There's just no stopping them. Their mind is made up. What if justice could come through the church in a way that it's like, hey, there's just no stopping them. Are you with me? And so you think about it in sports, you know, a coach would say something like, well, you know, we just don't, we're, we're not executing. We don't have the accomplishments on the field. We just don't, we're not seeing it. You know, they need to think out there. What is he saying? It's saying you need to take what you know and live that out. Put it, put it into an accomplishment. Are you with me? I thought about this. Uh, there's the saying that says we have to pay attention. It costs us to be mindful. It really does. I think that saying is very true. You have to pay attention. It costs you to be mindful. And I think it costs all of us. We want to have the mind of God. We want to have the thoughts of God. We want to have the ways of God. That's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some time in his word. It's going to cost you some time in worship. You're going to have to pay a little bit of attention to his ways. But how many know it's so much more worth it? At the end of like the Seek series and wrapping up our book, it's like, God, it cost me a little bit to pay attention and to seek you first. It cost me a little bit, but it was so much more worth it. Are you with me? Are you with me? All right. 
You may not feel like it, but even Paul acknowledges this. He says this in Philippians 4.4. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, meaning I need to just reignite myself. I don't feel it. I don't have it. It's not there. But I'm going to remind myself of what's important. I'm going to reignite. I'm going to rejoy what's important in my life. And so he just even knew it was just something that you have to put back in. It's a thought thing. You have to push back into place. We need the mind of Christ as we seek him and as we live in this world. I thought about it like this. It's not what happens to you. It's what happens in you. Many of us make decisions like, oh, I can't because it's this happened to me or this happened to me. It's what you allow happening in you. How is it dictating your thoughts? How is it bittered your heart? How is it created an unforgiveness? It's not what happened to you. It's what you've allowed to happen in you. We have to have the mind of Christ. I'll close with this. I may have shared this story here before, uh, but there was this prank that was pulled on a grandpa and um, he was sleeping at the time. And um, some of, I think probably his grandkids, uh, they went up to him in the place that he was sleeping and they put Limburger cheese all in his mustache, which is like a really stinky kind of cheese. And, um, and it was terrible. And, and so he wakes up and he doesn't know it. And he wakes up in that place and he's just, oh my gosh, this room smells terrible. I got to get out of this room. So he leaves the room. He goes to another place in the house. He's like, it's this house. This house smells terrible. And he goes outside and he's out in the fresh air and he, sm- he smells. He says, this world smells terrible. And really it was him. It was what he allowed into his life. It was what he let be a part of his situation and scenario. Many of us do that. We walk through life saying, this smells terrible, and this is this, and this. And I'm not saying bury your head. I'm not, you know what I'm talking about. But we got to take a look at ourselves and say, maybe my thinking is different. Maybe I'm receiving what I'm allowing myself to see. God changed my mind in this. Are you with me? Romans 5, 5 says this. I'm paraphrasing, but you can look at it later. It says that God's love has been poured out in us when we were saved. Uh, Trolls, the movie, uh, which you all just watched. Uh, Princess Poppy is like the main character. And this is her life motto. Just forgive me, I have a four-year-old girl. So it's like a, it's like a religion at our house. Um, I got out her seek book and it was like all about trollstice and things. I was like, we got to rework this. I'm kidding. Kind of. <laughs> So Princess Poppy has this saying, I'm probably getting it a little bit wrong, but she says something like this. Happiness is all inside of us. It's already all inside of us. We just have to look inside, which that's actually very true about God and your relationship with him. Scripture says when you've pursued a relationship with God, when you got saved in Romans 5, 5, it says God poured a measure out into you. We just got to take a look inside. You have everything that you need to make a difference. You have everything that you need to live the life that God has called you to live. You have everything that you need to make an impact in your community. I believe to change the world. We just got to look inside. Stop looking outside. Do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but renew your mind with what is on the inside that God spoke about you. Are you with me? The scripture says a ton of things about how we think. We hear real good, you have to have a heart after God and a discipline and obedience. We hear these things. But God says a lot of things about how we are to steward even our thinking. Romans 121, it says, Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Neither were they thankful, but became useless in their thoughts and their foolish hearts darkened. Notice that when they lost right thinking, their hearts grew darker. 
I believe that those go together. I believe when you let negative thinking consume you and take over, when you let negativity and all these things run, I believe it hurts your heart. Are you with me? We got to be a people who meditate, as we said earlier, on the positive things that we see and speak life and encourage others. First Chronicles 28.9 says, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Psalm 26, 2. Examine me, O Lord. Prove me. Try my mind and my heart. Matthew 22, 37. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. We, needed, we need a dedicated thought life toward the things of God. Colossians 3, 2 says, Set your mind on things above and not the things here on earth. All of God's answers are in heaven. All of God's answers are here in his word. Our pursuit should be him, not answers here on earth. They come from God, right? Psalm 7, 9 says, Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just for the right, for righteous, for the righteous God tests the hearts and minds. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and let God of love and peace be with you. So what's his encouragement to us as believers? Be in one mind. How do we all get in one mind? It's when we have the mind of Christ. Most great moves of God are because people got the same mind of Christ and went after something. People talk about revivals or people talk about all these things all throughout history. It's when people came together and got the mind of God and got an agreement and got in unity and went after it. This is what we're called to do. Be of one mind. Have the same thought patterns. Are we all going to be perfect? Are we all going to have disagreements? Of course we're all going to have disagreements. But I think if we can agree upon one thing, God's word and his ways, it's going to make it a whole lot easier. Amen.